What's happening, family? Mansa Baku. Welcome to episode five. Mansa makes sense. Real quick, I want to say uh, December 6th is quickly approaching, and that marks the inaugural launch episode of Omerta Black, the podcast where real rhetoric is spoken and decolonized bread is broken. I hope that you all have been enjoying Mansa Makes Sense, these quick little five to 10 minute, sometimes 15 minute podcasts on things that's happening outside. Uh, but Omerta Black is, is something serious. It's something beautiful. It is something that really takes us back to interesting conversations and, and, and meaningful, like really, not that cliche shit, but really meaningful dialogue about things that impact us and things that affect our lives nevertheless quickly uh but yeah i said all that to say december 6th tune in get you some of that omerta black subscribe to this podcast it's on apple Podcasts. it's on spotify i'm on youtube at master baku get with me but quickly i want to react to the amas and chris brown the american music awards that is let me make my point, then I'll break it down to you. You know, we all know Chris was scrapped from the AMAs, I think for several reasons, but the important one was white kids no longer listen to Chris like that. They don't buy his music anymore, at least the last two albums. Or in other words, how relevant has Chris Brown been since 2017? Let's go to the album sales. Chris Brown's debut album in 2005, his self-titled debut album, he sold 154,000 copies. Those are good numbers for a debut album by a 16-year-old, and he showed massive potential. Let me stop here and insert this. I am the biggest Chris Brown fan. When I first seen Chris... I think it was on either on 106 and Park or it may have been the Run It video, but I knew what he was doing was different than Omarion, B2K, Mario, that type of stuff. It may have been, he may have preceded Mario. Nevertheless, I knew Chris's, Marcus Houston, AKA Batman from Immature, but I knew what Chris was doing was substantially different and the closest thing to Michael Jackson than anybody else, Usher included. So I say that to say with this episode, this is a, I know you don't want to hear some stuff, but I don't tell you what you want to hear. I'll tell you what you need to hear. So let's keep going. Chris's second album, Exclusive. You know, this is where most artists hit that sophomore slump. But his second album showed apparent growth and his upward trajectory. 2007 he released exclusive and sold damn near 300,000 copies he sold 295 his third album in 2009 graffiti it sold 102,000 so obviously he took a step back musically and fans agreed in 2011 he came with his fourth album fame he sold 270,000 copies and it looked like he was returning to form but, you know, he still needed to refine his brand. Like, what, what were we getting? You know, because around this same time, a little bit before this, he did the album with Tiger, fan of a fan, 
it sold, I think, 60,000 copies this first week, but he started rapping. And that's when we first experienced Chris Brown, the rapper. And of course, we get the story that he rapped before he started singing and this, that, and the other. Nevertheless, this is what he started. He began giving fans by way of music. 2012's offering Fortune, his fifth album, it only sold 135. So that's another step back in terms of convincing fans that he's more than a singles artist. His sixth album in 2014, he gives us X and it sells 146,000. As shown by those sales, fans still don't think Chris can put together a solid album. And also, I think his his, his image took a hit with the Rihanna thing and, 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 and that there. So. But he comes back in 2015 with royalty he sells 184,000 his seventh album and it looks like he's turning things around he gets us to 2017 two years later with heartbreak on a full moon and he jumps to 220,000 his highest album sales in six years however this album boasted 45 songs in retrospect then for an album to have four albums worth of songs and still not do his 2007 numbers, uh, it's a bit disappointing. So we get to 2009 with his ninth album, Indigo, and he sells 108,000. And damn, things don't look good for Chris ever giving us a classic album, as we thought he was surely the next Michael Jackson, didn't we? So let's get to album 10, Breezy, 2022. It sells. 72,000 copies. His lowest selling album ever. The bottom fell out. That's what happened. And it is surprising to me, at least, because I know that I haven't been impressed with Chris's musical offerings. But to see that not even his diehard fans wanted anything to do with that album. Yeah, that's a bit alarming. I think this album, Breezy, also showed Chris that he's more closer to Sierra album wise than Michael Jackson in that Sierra singles fare much better than her albums, which is now the truth and reality for Chris. But back to the AMAs. This was the night of Taylor Swift. Let's no let's make no ifs, ands, or buts about that. As she had a Jordan esque performance going six for six. Taylor won Every award she was nominated for. She was nominated in six categories. She won all six of them. Beyonce was certainly the runner-up winning three of her own awards. So, you know, they had to respect the queen, at least the black one, the black queen, because they showed us exactly what they think in terms of who, what female artists really runs things. Nonetheless, unless Chris pissed off someone at ABC who televises the show, or Dick Clark Productions, who finances the show. I don't think it was any network issue other than they may have felt his new brand, which we can't even say. What What's Chris Brown's brand? So I think that ABC, not knowing what his brand is, which appears to be more of a singing rapper with gang ties than a singer who has mass appeal and is worthy of being showcased in a Michael Jackson tribute. This is ABC who is literally worshiping Taylor Swift. This isn't BET or MTV, both of which welcome controversy. Now, several black artists are calling for unity among rap 
an R&B artist in response to Chris being removed from the lineup. That's cool. But the issue is R&B music, let alone rap music, is not what it used to be. Yes, we have some nice young talent, but go back and look up the music released by us. Just go back to 95 and look at 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, 2000. Especially that 95 to 98 run, R&B music was arguably the best genre of any music. Let me give you receipts. Here we go. 1995 gave us TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool, highest selling female R&B group album ever. 1995 gave us D'Angelo's Brown Sugar. It gave us R. Kelly's self-titled album. Prince's The Gold Experience, Faith Evans' Faith album. The Waiting to Exhale soundtrack, which is the best soundtrack of all time. 1995 gave us Mariah's Daydream album, Groove Theory's self-titled album, Escape's Off the Hook album, Monica's debut Miss Thing. 1995 even gave us John B's Bonafide album, which was a jam in itself. Let's look at 1996. What we get in 1996? We got Maxwell's Urban Hang Suite. We got Tony Braxton's Secrets, Total Self-Titled Album, Donnell Jones' My Heart, Aaliyah's One in a Million, Drew Hill's Self-Titled Album, Genuine's The Bachelor, Keith Sweat returned to form with his Self-Titled Album. That leads us into 97. Erica Badu's Baduism. Usher's My Way, Mary J. Blige's Share My World, Janet's The Velvet Rope, Mariah's Butterfly, Brian McKnight's Anytime, Boys to Men's Evolution, In Vogue's EV3, SWV's Release Some Tension. And that brings us to 98. We received Lauren Hill's The Miseducation. I could just stop right there. But we also got Destiny Child's debut album. We got Maya's debut album. We got Brandy's Never Say Never, which was a classic in and of itself. We got R. Kelly's classic double album, R. Whitney gave us a classic with My Love Is Your Love. I'll even add Kurt Franklin's New Nation Project. Escape gave us Traces of My Lipstick. And Drew Hill gave us their sophomore classic, Enter the Drew. I say all that to say this. If black artists want to be respected by white ran media outlets, especially the financially lucrative ones which they wish to do business with, then I highly suggest black artists immediately begin creating good music once more. What's out here right now is nothing to be proud of. For all intents and purposes, R&B music is hardly a recognizable genre anymore. And rap music, it is what it is, but white folks don't want it on their media outlets, especially during this emotive climate of gun violence. White folks see what's happening in rap music. Yes, they let Lil Baby perform. Yes, they let Glorilla perform. But these are also artists that their children are buying. So, yes, Chris Brown won Best Male Artist Soul R&B, which he hadn't won since 2016 following the release of his album Royalty. But again, white children are not buying Chris's albums now. And here's another fun fact. Black folks, we never really bought them in the first place because we know Chris really cannot sing. We will watch the hell out of his music videos and we will support him 100% in anything that he performs because that boy can dance like no other today. And he is the closest thing to Michael Jackson in history. But 
We also watched the hell out of Sierra's music videos and her performances because she can really dance. We do not, however, buy Sierra's albums. And this is my point. White kids aren't buying his albums anymore, which means the network to no longer value what he brings to the table. Yes, he has a slew of hit singles and hits that he's featured on, but what are Chris's standout classics? Exactly. He has not even a handful. The solution? Everybody go make good music for real, for real. Not this shit that's going on right now, but good music that you know we all want to hear. Because, and, and I'm going to be real with y'all, I think these black artists we they know what we want to hear i do think they are being highly influenced by their record labels to make a certain type of music and that's why all this shit sound the same they are basically given formulas by the record label to make the exact same sounding music as the last thing that was hot and that's why black music is where it is now and that's why our top talent is being pulled from performance lineups that include, well, yeah, I want to know who performed. Go look and see who who performed. But nobody that performed is on Chris Brown's level of performing. Chris Brown got pulled for several reasons, uh, the most important of which being his brand. The network doesn't know what his brand is, and I don't think Chris knows what his brand is other than he's just an art, artistic individual who doesn't believe he should have a brand. But when your brand does appear that you're more interested in being a singing rapper who has gang affiliations than being a singer who is showcasing his performance ability everywhere, anytime, any day, put it like this. When Michael Jackson released music videos, everybody ran to the television to see what he was about to do. Is that the case for Chris Brown? Because that's, the type of energy Chris is going to have to engender in order to turn any of this around. Chris' next album has to be a classic. I mean, classic music videos. He basically has to give us his thriller on his next album in order for any of this to come back full circle for Chris. Otherwise, I think this is just Chris's new reality. I'm going to tell you what you want to hear. I'll tell you what you need to hear, baby. This is Mansa Baku. Y'all check that old Murder Black podcast out December 6th. Coming at you every Tuesday, 1245. This Mansa Makes Sense pod right here. It comes at you whenever something uh, interesting is going on outside in my life, in the culture, in sports. I holla, y'all.